Welcome to Voices of Change, a podcast inspired by Alice Dunbar-Nelson and brought to you by the Rosenbach in Philadelphia as part of the digital project I Am an American, the authorship and activism of Alice Dunbar-Nelson. Voices of Change discusses themes and topics covered in the I Am an American digital exhibition with key figures who were involved in shaping the exhibition's content. Each episode highlights how lessons from the life and work of the Philadelphia-area author, educator, and civil rights activist Alice Dunbar-Nelson can inform American society and inspire positive change today. Find the exhibition at alicedunbarnelson.com and learn more about the Rosenbach at rosenbach.org or by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. My name is Alex Ames. I am Collections Engagement Manager at the Rosenbach and a member of the I Am an American Exhibition and Program Team. I'm your host for Voices of Change, as we share in-depth conversations with some of the many people who brought the I Am an American project to fruition. The I Am an American digital exhibition brings to light many aspects of the life and work of Alice Dunbar-Nelson that have not been well known by the public in years past. One aspect of Dunbar-Nelson's life covered in the exhibition is her survival of intimate partner violence committed by her husband, the famous poet Paul Lawrence Dunbar, whose literary reputation has long overshadowed the life and work of his wife. By shedding light on the violence that marked their relationship, we hope that the exhibition honors Dunbar-Nelson's survival and the contributions she made to American literary, artistic, intellectual, and civic life, following her experience of abuse. We also hope to draw attention to the public health crisis of intimate partner violence in the United States today and showcase the achievement that is possible after safely escaping a violent relationship. Today, we are joined by two experienced professionals to discuss intimate partner violence from a present-day perspective. One of our guests is Irene Lindsay Brantley, whose passion is working to empower survivors of domestic violence and substance abuse to make positive changes in their lives, free of addiction, poverty, and violence. As Program Director at Women in Transition in Philadelphia, Irene is the force behind the organization's free and confidential domestic violence and substance abuse services. Irene created Women in Transition's Sister Circle Peer Support Group and Survivors Network, in addition to expanding services to include therapy and multilingual programs. Irene is a certified domestic violence counselor and a graduate of Philadelphia University with a BS in Human Resource Management. Our other guest is Katie Young-Wilds, who has more than 12 years of experience in nonprofit communications and fundraising. Katie has a passion for child abuse prevention and advocating for safe families. As the Senior Communications Specialist at Women Against Abuse in Philadelphia, Katie oversees the organization's external communications, including its digital and print marketing, public awareness initiatives, and media relations. She holds an MS in Nonprofit Management from Eastern University. Thank you both so much for being on Voices of Change for this important conversation. 
In the I Am an American online exhibition, we see how Alice Dunbar-Nelson survived and thrived after experiences of intimate partner violence. Katie, how big of a problem is intimate partner violence today in 2020 in the Philadelphia area and nationally? Well, Alex, an astounding one in four women and one in 10 men in the United States have experienced physical or sexual violence or stalking by an intimate partner at some point in their lifetime. Those numbers are massive. So this is an issue that impacts all of us. And many cases of intimate partner violence may go unreported for a variety of reasons. So it's difficult to share robust local data to Philadelphia that speaks to its prevalence. We do know, though, that domestic violence is a major epidemic in Philadelphia, that there are approximately 100,000 911 calls made each year for it, and that there are more than 12,000 petitions each year for protection from abuse orders. Also, the Philadelphia Domestic Violence Hotline received an average of more than 13,600 calls a year over the past five years. But again, this is probably only a small snapshot of the true occurrence because so many people do not report the abuse that they endure. Irene, how does someone know if she, he, or they are experiencing intimate partner violence? What are the signs? Well, Alex, first of all, we know that relationships are challenging and, and every situation is unique. So there is, is there's no cookie cutter answer and there's no way to spot an abusive partner in the crowd. But there are some common signs, isolation being one of the key elements for starting off the ability to use power and control in a relationship. So isolation from friends and family, from from job, from school, monitoring of, of activities, even everyday activities like going to the grocery store or just sitting outside on the porch, a very jealous and possessive partner, gaslighting. And so that's where you are made to feel like you're crazy, like you're like you're questioning your own sanity, your feelings, your instincts, your reality. And you're actually starting to question whether or not you're being abused. Um, And one of the things that we do know is that abusive behavior escalates. Controlling behavior can become more frequent, more damaging, and more lethal. And so if anyone expects that they are being abused, we encourage to reach out and we're going to give some resources to support folks who are wanting to reach out. If someone is experiencing intimate partner violence, or if a listener to this episode thinks that a friend, family member, or colleague is in an abusive relationship, what are the first steps to take to find help? And what support resources do your organizations offer? Katie, let's start with you. Well, I would begin by letting the person know they are not alone. It's important not to be judgmental. Relationship abuse can be very isolating and many survivors blame themselves for what has happened. So having a lifeline to a friend or a family member can really make all the difference in a person's ability to break free from intimate partner violence. Um, So I would say be patient and always offer a listening ear. I also would say remember that leaving an abusive situation can be scary and actually quite dangerous. So never pressure decisions and, you know, never ask blaming questions like, why don't you just break up with them? Or why don't you just leave? Leaving can actually be a a very dangerous time in the relationship. So you never want to offer advice without really knowing the situation well. 
And that's why we usually encourage you, if you have a loved one that is in an abusive relationship, encourage them to call the hotline, or you can even do it with them if that's helpful. If you're local to the Philadelphia area, you could call the Philadelphia Domestic Violence Hotline. That number is 1-866-723-3014. And counselors there will offer safety planning, crisis intervention, and connections to local resources like emergency safe haven or legal aid. You can also let your loved one know that there are many resources available through organizations like Women Against Abuse and Women in Transition and others. And you can help your loved one create what we call a safety plan. Um, So kind of help them think through the steps they'll want to take, like knowing where to go for help or speaking with your children, letting them know it's not their job to protect you. It's their job just to stay safe. Um, Maybe identifying the safest room in your house where you can access outside or preparing an emergency kit if you need to leave quickly. Um, So those are all kind of steps, preparatory steps you can take to support a loved one that's going through this. And, um, you know, we understand it can be frustrating and scary to see a loved one who seems to be maybe trapped in an abusive relationship. But I think just listening and being there for them and um, encouraging them to connect with a hotline counselor when they're ready can go a really long way to keeping them safe. Irene, what would you add to that? What are the first steps to take to find help and what resources does your organization offer? Yes. So if we're talking about, um, uh, I'm just going to piggyback on what what Katie was talking about, about a loved one or family member, uh, that's very hard to watch and to hear about. And one of the things that we want you to avoid is confronting that abusive partner, um, because that puts you in danger as well as potentially your loved one or your friend in danger. Uh, It's important to set boundaries around yourself, to be thoughtful about your own boundaries, and make sure that you are safe in providing uh, support for your family member or, or friend who is dealing with this situation. You want to be supportive and patient and understand that change is a process uh, lots of times, because we want to help them, we want change just just quickly. Just go do this. Just call this number. And that is not how it works. And then encourage, just say, I'm here for you. I mean, you, you don't have to try to solve the problem. You don't have to answer all the questions. But I'm here for you. And so are other programs in Philadelphia and nationally who, despite COVID, are here, are open. The programs in Philadelphia are open The Philadelphia Domestic Violence Hotline is 24-7, bilingual, toll-free hotline. The other domestic violence programs in Philadelphia, including Women in Transition, are are open remotely, providing lifeline services, individual counseling, group counseling, community education, workshops, self-defense programs. So we are all here for you. And that is key to, to those who are feeling isolated, because if you don't know anything else, you can't do anything else about it. Katie, could you tell us a little bit more about the resources that Women Against Abuse offers to those who seek its services? Sure. So Women Against Abuse provides emergency safe haven. We have two 100-bed facilities um, for survivors of any gender identity to come and they can bring their children. 
um, if they need to leave their home to be safe. And those are at confidential locations. We have case management, behavioral health services, and security, as well as children's services on site at those locations. They are still operating throughout the pandemic, although with a lot of adaptations to keep residents safe and with a lot of um, support services um, relegated to over the phone or um, via video conferencing to keep as many folks offsite as possible and make sure residents can, can live there safely, but they are still operating. And we also have a small transitional housing program where survivors with children can stay for up to 18 months. And um, these are apartment units where folks can work on rebuilding after abuse. So working on employment or further education. And really, this program serves as kind of a link to sustaining your independence back in the community after abuse. We also have a legal center with attorneys who provide free representation for um, survivors that are seeking legal protections. And generally, those are protection from abuse orders or child custody and support related to a domestic violence situation. Um, and then we do quite a bit of community education and prevention work. We have a program focused on young people and educating young people about healthy relationships and empowering them to break what we often see as intergenerational cycles of abuse. So those are our direct services and our prevention services in a, a very short nutshell. Um, we also work with our partners, including Women in Transition, Congresso, and Lutheran Settlement House to operate the Philadelphia Domestic Violence Hotline and to make sure there's 24-hour coverage of that really important citywide resource. Katie, sticking with you for a moment, I expect that some listeners out there may have an interest in helping survivors of intimate partner violence. How could someone contribute to the cause? Sure. Well, we are a nonprofit organization, so we're always in need of financial support, and that's a great place to start. Because we provide life-saving services, as I mentioned, Women Against Abuse has stayed open throughout the pandemic, and we're, we've actually been operating all of our programs throughout COVID. So adapting during the pandemic has resulted in a lot of unforeseen costs. So you can certainly visit uh, womenagainstabuse.org to make a gift or even become a monthly donor. You can also become a part of our community of advocates. You can sign up for our newsletters. You can participate in our events, um, which we have one coming up on October 1st called the I Pledge Campaign, which will be virtual because of COVID. Um, but you can also help be an ambassador for raising awareness to domestic violence, um, whether that's on social media or in your circles that, um, you know, with family members, friends or neighbors or colleagues. Breaking the silence about this issue is a huge way to help. Irene, what would you say to someone who is interested in advocating uh, around the issue of intimate partner violence? One, thank you for joining us in this very, very challenging work. There are ways to get support for you being able to be an advocate in a way that's safe for you and that's doing no harm to anyone else. And you can do that by calling uh, Women in Transition's Lifeline, which is 215-751-1111. 
and just talk with a counselor about like, these are some of the things I would like, how can I help? These are some of the things that I would like to do. You might want to volunteer. You might want to give your time, your skills. You might want to host a, a DB 101 workshop at your church or your school or your private group. As Katie said, donations are always uh, a welcome because this is very challenging work and we need the funds to continue to do it. But there's so many ways to reach out either individually, and that would be concerning someone that you care about, letting them know you care about them, letting them know that you're there for them and that you're not going to be judgmental. And then on a larger level, it could be reaching out and actually partnering with us on the work that we do. One of the things I, I want to say about the Philadelphia Domestic Violence Hotline, it's that that's just one of the ways that we collaborate in Philadelphia. We are very unique here uh, and that we have this hotline and these four agencies who operate, provide services on that hotline. But we also work together in terms of how we provide educational services. We work together on housing services. It's a very unique. So if you're in this area, this is a very rich area in terms of resources for survivors of domestic violence. And we don't want to forget substance abuse because that is often a coping mechanism to help uh, deal with an abusive partner, or it could be a coercive mechanism by the abusive partner to maintain power and control. Katie, tell us more about who can use your organization's services and whether or not there are any fees attached. Sure. So Women Against Abuse serves survivors of any gender identity who are experiencing relationship abuse. I think our name, Women Against Abuse, can sometimes feel a little bit exclusive. And for much of our 40-year history, we did serve um, survivors who identified as women, at least in our emergency safe havens. But you know, we, we began in 1976 um, by a group of feminists, and I think we needed to adapt and recognize that intimate partner violence affects everyone. It affects um, men and women. It affects the transgender community. It affects people who are gender nonconforming. And so what was really important to us is we just wanted to be inclusive and welcoming and relevant for any person in Philadelphia who is experiencing intimate partner violence, anyone who is in an abusive relationship. And intimate partner violence does disproportionately affect people who identify as women. But I think it's important to note national statistics show that it affects about one in four women and one in 10 men. So, I mean, it's, it's affecting everyone. And we um, really wanted to make sure that we were being guided and informed by survivors' experiences and make sure that we are a welcoming refuge for any survivor. So our residential services are completely accessible. We have the emergency safe havens as well as a transitional housing program and a community-based safe-at-home program that uh, empowers survivors to transition back into homes in the community or relocate if they should choose um, and our legal center has always served survivors of all gender identities. So we just have tried to make that more well-known because, again, sometimes our name can be a little bit limiting in that respect. So, yeah, we just want the Philadelphia community to know that we are here for anyone and everyone experiencing relationship abuse. 
And all of our services are free of charge. Um, That's really important. We want to make sure that cost is never a factor in whether or not someone can be safe. And so as a nonprofit organization, all of our services are free to the public. Very similar to Women Against Abuse, uh, Women in Transition started in the 70s. We're almost actually, next year we'll be 50 years old. And we started as a small feminist organization serving only women. And we've grown to understand that if any of us is to be safe, we all need to be safe. And so two years ago, we started rolling out our services to all genders, all gender identities, anyone who is a survivor of domestic violence and also, uh, in our case, substance abuse, can receive services at Women in Transition. Those services, which include lifeline telephone counseling, individual counseling, group counseling, workshops, community education, and WAVE Empowerment Self-Defense are all free and confidential. The cost of receiving services is often such a barrier for our clients, wondering if they'll be believed, if what they're told is going to remain confidential. So we really, really want to emphasize that that free, confidential, all genders are what we're providing at Women in Transition. I wanted to just say a little bit more about our process from getting to a feminist organization to where we are now. One of the reasons why Women in Transition has remained relevant all these years is that we've responded to the needs of the community and to the changes in our society. And so we're learning that especially transgender and non and gender nonconforming people are experiencing domestic violence at rates higher than the population at large. We could tell from people who were calling our hotline and our lifeline about uh, gaps in services. And so we, we really tried to look at those gaps and see how we could fill them, how we could be accessible to all uh, survivors. And so that's what started our process of looking at men as well as transgender and gender non-conforming people in order to uh, be more inclusive of our services. And as I said, um, our motto has been through this process is for any of us to be safe, we all need to be safe. And so that is where we're moving, regardless of the name Women in Transition, we are welcoming anyone who who is in need of services because of uh, domestic violence or substance abuse. Finally, there may be a listener out there who is currently experiencing intimate partner violence. Would each of you say something directly to this listener, Katie? I'd start by saying this is not your fault and you don't have to go through this alone. We have caring counselors available who can speak with you 24-7 and in any language and you can call the toll-free Philadelphia Domestic Violence Hotline at one 1- 866-723-3014. So I would encourage you, reach out. We're here for you, and we're sorry you're going through this, but we're ready to walk this journey with you. Irene? I would say that you may be sitting in your home today, and you may be home because of COVID, and so that means you you are exposed on a day-to-day basis to this partner who... Uh, is abusive to you. So you're actually able to see the cycle, to see that this person is not abusive all the time. 
There are times when this person is the is the person that you fell in love with. And that may be very confusing uh, to see that shift uh, from, say, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde to explain it in, in a matter of fact way. But that is some learned behavior that is not your fault. And that person is not going to change just because they felt bad about it, said, I'm sorry, and promised to stop. This will be something that you will have to move forward on if you want change. And move forward could mean many different things to many different people. When you call the hotline, we don't just say just leave. That's not that's not safe for everybody. That's not what everybody is looking for. But change is what, because if you keep doing the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same results. And as I said before, abuse escalates. And so you want to reach out Lots of times people call several times because they're piecing this together. You're trying to figure out what is going on. If something is saying to you, something isn't right here, call and just talk through it with, with, with one of our counselors because they can help you understand what the cycle of violence is, what power and control is and how that could look. Because it could look very different. It could look, maybe you've never, maybe this person has never physically abused you, but you are being raped within a marriage and wondering whether or not that's really rape or you are being economically abused. You work and you have to sign your paycheck over to this person. You have no control of your finances. And so those are things, if you can just pick up that phone and begin that conversation, you will begin a change that will impact the rest of your life. Looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you, Irene and Katie, for helping us place Alice Dunbar Nelson's experiences in the context of the intimate partner violence public health crisis of our own time and providing resources for those seeking assistance. To our listeners, if you live in Philadelphia and seek further domestic violence information and support, please call the Philadelphia Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-866-723-3014. If you live in a part of the United States outside the Philadelphia area and would like to reach out for help related to domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 Other ways to connect are available at thehotline.org. To learn more about the topics covered in this episode of Voices of Change, please visit the I Am an American digital exhibition. You'll find it at alicedunbarnelson.com. Learn more about the Rosenbach at rosenbach.org or by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Support for I Am an American is provided by the Pennsylvania Abolition Society Endowment Fund of the Philadelphia Foundation. Thank you for listening, and join us for another episode of Voices of Change.